episode 31 of let's be nerds we are going back to the topic that brought us all together and we are revisiting star wars but specifically we are revisiting the original trilogy that started the whole legacy brand and i cannot wait to get into this because this is such a huge part of what started a lot of uh nerddom for me and I want to first begin by inter- introducing my fellow co-hosts for the, the day. And I want to say hello to Lizette, Gordon, Dylan, and Delaney. How are you wonderful folks doing? I'm okay. How are you, Steve? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited about today's show. It's so cool that it's taken us basically an entire season to finally get back to Star Wars. But I'm so glad we're here. Lizette, how are you? Good, feeling a little bit tired, but I'm sure not as tired as Gordon is after his adventure yesterday. Yes, for those of you that do not follow us on Instagram, you need to because these are how you get these behind the scenes updates. Uh, we are on Let's Be on Instagram as Let's Be Nerds Pod, and Mr. Gordon, what did you do yesterday? Um, I drove a total of um there and back ten hours and thirty three minutes, which is roughly. 544 miles to um to to meet uh dylan in the flesh um and get a milkshake from sugar factory and it was pretty dang good from what i understand oh yeah i thought he was gonna pass out from a sugar coma to be honest that's not nearly i've had so much more sugar than that in one setting all the pictures are on instagram so you got to go check it out. It's funny. It cracked me up. I was holding down the fort at Gordon and I's work, and it was pretty funny because I was getting the updates in real time, and uh, it was it was a pretty interesting uh, saga. So definitely go check out the Instagram and go go see what this crazy man just did. But with that being said, uh, Dylan Delaney, how are you guys? Good. Doing good today. Good. I'm glad. Uh, I think this is the first time because new people on the show. This is the first time that we've really gotten to get your takes on Star Wars, and because you, you weren't, you know, a part of this when we were kicking off, you've gracefully joined us since then. So I'm excited to hear like what you think of Star Wars, what your takes are, and what you know characters you like and don't like. I'm glad to have you guys here. Excited for it. I love Star Wars. Knew it. And Delaney, you're a little hesitant. I don't think you're as big of a Star Wars fan, but you know you know enough, right? Hopefully, we'll find out. <laughs> we always do. So, with that being said, I'm going to uh, turn it over to the Chief Star Wars Operations Manager, Gordon. Mm, howdy. Give, a, give us the rundown <laughs> on the original trilogy. Oh, it I mean, is there a more iconic set of movies in 
cinematic history than the original Star Wars trilogy. Breakthrough in CGI and just cinematic everything for its time, winning, being nominated for over 10 Oscars and winning seven of those Oscars. Just, it, it went on to beat Jaws, which was at the time the highest grossing film of all time. With wow. its initial run of five hundred and fifty million US dollars. Um its budget was only eleven million. So Oh my that that's a big jump from they they made so much money on that film since and in I mean this movie's been re released more time like this movie it's been re-released more time. Like, I don't think any of us... I don't know how to put it. It's just been released that many times. I th- Like, between, like, 20 and 30 times, probably. I don't have an exact number in front of me, because I wasn't... It's too many times to count, because it got re-released in just about every country the same amount of times. It's was dubbed over for Japanese. Um, it got released in theaters a bunch of times. It got released on Laserdisc uh, cassette, VHS, Blu-ray, DVD, um, mini DVD or whatever it's called. Um, re-released on VHS, re-re-released on VHS, re-released on disc, re-released on disc, re-released on blue. Um, blu-ray it, it the list goes on it it it's been re-released so many times in theaters that it's grossed over 775 million dollars in total wow for how many times it's been released in theaters that's insane i had no idea the number was going to be that huge that is the it i am I can't remember the numbers of the um, sequel trilogy off the top of my head, but I'm 99% sure that this is the second highest grossing film in the Star Wars cinematic universe. I think um, either Phantom Menace or um, what would it have been? Or Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is what jumped out in my head, but I'll fact check real quick. Yeah, one of those two, I believe, grossed $800 in total. I could be wrong. It might be um, a little less. But I'm pretty sure one of those two in the sequel trilogy is a little bit higher than this, than the first Star Wars movie to be released. And what was it? Um, there's so many numbers I have for the different dates it's been released. I think it was what 77. Yeah, was the first of uh, release in the United States, May 25th, 1977. Wow. I I do have to say, according to my list from Box Office Mojo, New Hope is number seven. Oh, that's crazy! I did not realize that the others were that high. 
just real quick, and we're going to focus on the uh, original trilogy on this episode, but let's just run, I'm going to run down through the list. So, The Force Awakens, much to our dismay, is number one at 936.6 million. Star Wars The Last Jedi, 620.1 million. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, 532.17 million. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which is again a new one, 515.2. Star Wars The Phantom Menace, 431.08. Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, 380,270. So I'm going to say that what the numbers I just read, they're listing it as lifetime gross, though. And that's kind of what you were describing. So maybe there's some discrepancy in the numbers, but they're okay. claiming... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I have a question about that. Does it say anything about adjusting for inflation? Um, uh, adjusted for inflation, Star Wars is the second highest grossing film in North America behind Gone with the Wind. In the fourth Ooh. highest grossing film in the world. Wow. But it's... Which... Was... Is I it Star believe... Wars the franchise in general? Or is it a specific one? I do believe it's talking about um, New Hope in this situation. I didn't okay. dig too much deeper into that. Because... Honestly, it, I mean, just to stray off the topic of the original trilogy here, I'm not surprised that the um, first movie in the Disney trilogy grossed that much because everyone was excited for the budget that they would have for that movie. Mm -hmm. And it was a resurgence in the Star Wars fandom. So I'm not surprised that that one, what sounds like, it's the, the numbers you gave sound like the day one numbers, at least for the second two. Because I would mm -hmm. imagine that they got higher than that. I Yeah, those numbers seemed off to me. I'll be honest. If, if I may, um, I don't know how accurate this website is. I just Googled um, Star Wars highest grossing adjusted for inflation. And this site states the original Star Wars A New Hope as the highest grossing one in the series at... 2.865 billion dollars worldwide yeah and that is something i didn't consider as adjusting for inflation when you said that i immediately was like oh that's where i went wrong you know what no, i happen to have one of those calculators on my phone oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> well i think that we don't need to bore yeah we don't need to listeners bore that that, into though. a math class about star wars <laughs> uh but if you if you guys want, I'll run through these. I, I won't go through numbers, but the order according to inflation that they're in, because I think it's kind of interesting. Yes, please. Okay, so A New Hope is first. Um, the Force Awakens is second. Phantom Menace is third. The Empire Strikes Back is fourth. Last Jedi is fifth. Return of the Jedi is sixth. Revenge of the Sith is seventh. Rogue One is eighth, Attack of the Clones is nine, and Solo is ten. Oh wow! Hmm. Which we'll so be getting into those 
Rogue it's a One much, and Solo a little bit later. Yeah, it's a much <laughs> different order than the than the site you pulled up, Steve. <laughs> yes, that and again, I just don't. I didn't think about inflation. No, you're good. I didn't think about it until you started reading them off, and I'm like, that's not the, the that can't be right. And then it clicked for me. I'm like, I bet you that's what happened. This is why you will forever be the best fact checker on the show. <laughs> and I have gotten compliments on that. Oh. Hey, everybody likes, you know, in today's modern age with this, the spread of fake news, we always need a good fact checker. And you do an excellent job. So I'm sure you can always hear my keyboard clicking as I look up stuff. So quite honestly, isn't that such a good, th that's specifically something that I was complimented on, on somebody that just did a rewatch on our show. And they said, I love the fact that when somebody doesn't know something, you can hear Lizette, tap, 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 boom, 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 hit the, they can hear you hit the enter key. And they're like, all right, we're about to get the facts. And I just, I love that. Good compliment. <laughs> Before we continue, I do want to pose a group question real quick. Out of the original trilogy, who's everybody's favorite character? And it can be all three, even though we're only on New Hope right now. The original trilogy, who's everybody's first first pick, is the best hero. Delaney, I did not prepare you for this question. You didn't. You just put me on the spot. Your now choice. I'm Googling. Oh, but here's okay. my thing, though. And I, I was going to speak to you on this one. I think you would love Yoda. Yeah. Are you familiar with our little green buddy? Yes. I just think that that is somebody that just knowing you that like before I asked this question, it it just hit me now. Is like I could see Delaney having a little soft spot for Yoda. I mean, he's, he's like a, you know a little bit older, a little bit like you know frog looking. Who just said that? It's in my head now. Frog looking. I did. I just think that Yoda is the most iconic character in that franchise, and I will die on that hill. And I just, and quite frankly, Delaney, I just assumed you'd agree. <laughs> yeah, I've always loved Yoda, but, you know, I've also always loved Chewbacca. Ooh. Who doesn't have a love for Chewie? Good point. He's, uh, he's so good. And People with hair allergies. <laughs> good point. <laughs> I wonder if it's like how, like, I'm allergic to, like, dogs with long hair. I wonder if, like, that would be the same effect. Based yeah. Like, I couldn't be Han Solo. I couldn't have Chewie be my co-pilot. I'd be sneezing like Simba. It'd be horrible. Chewie, hit it. <laughs> oh. Alright, so who else has a favorite character from the original trilogy before we move on? I think mine would have to be Han Solo. He is badass. And it's no. Harrison Ford. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's Harrison Ford. I love Harrison Ford. I was leaning towards him as well. I can't I can't think of I, you know what? No, I do have probably I do have one, and it's R2D2. Oh yeah. R2D2 is my favorite tin can in the world. Can we just quickly speak on like how much they did for that type of character for what you know technology was available at the time like r2d2 felt throughout those three movies like he had his whole his own whole personality and it's like how did they make that happen it's it's incredible i can't remember the actor's um, name it was a midget inside of a suit yeah 
Um, little person inside of a suit. Yes. Sorry, Delaney. <laughs> it's because she's a munchkin. Munchkins acceptable, I believe. Anyway, so there was actually a human inside of. I, I was not aware. I yeah, did not a know. Lot of not aware. Yeah, because yeah, I knew that there was somebody in C three PO. Yes, that I did know. And I believe his name started. His first name was Anthony. I don't remember his last name. Yeah, he hated playing that role because he kept having an allergic reaction to the gold paint they used. <laughs> Probably would make sense. Yes. Uh, so real quick. Yes, go ahead. Just because this happened, I'm I'm thinking it happened today. Um, Return of the Jedi has been selected to join the National Film Registry. Oh, okay. Uh, the soundtrack um, in, in the 2004, the soundtrack for uh, Star Wars was added to the United Record or National Recording Registry. I didn't know so, that. Can somebody clarify me? Because I'm dumb and, and maybe some of our audience members are unaware. What does the registry mean? Like, it's recognized as like a big deal <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't quite know it's, it's pretty much like a big film fault if i'm remembering it correctly it's almost like a hall of fame i want to say okay wow the lady's fact checking it right now yes it's so it's like a list of films that are culturally or historically like significant oh wow it, but i just thought that was cool because it happened today and we're recording this. This is like, that's perfect. Yeah. And you said that was Empire Strikes Back? Oh, where did it go? I lost it. Uh, it was, it was uh, the... Return of the Return Jedi. Of the Jedi. Return, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Love it. Fun. Totally retweeted it on Twitter, by the way. Absolutely. Oh, go follow us on Twitter, by the way. We're on there. We're, we're retweeting. We're liking. We're all about it. It's a good way to communicate with us. Anyway, I do want to say real fast because yes. I can't find the number, but I, I have seen a lot of theories on this. And since R two D two is my favorite um, character, um, he is probably has the most probably. This is all hypothetical because it's not confirmed nor denied. Uh, probably has the oh, most no, kills out of everyone right. in them, the Star Wars franchise. Because of him being on top of the X wing. For a lot of reasons, for him just being him, um, just there, being a little guy. Everyone loves. There, there, there's a TV show. I, why, oh, I can't remember the name Clone right Wars. now. No, Clone not Wars. the Clone oh. Wars ones. I can't remember it, but there was a droid in that one with over um, thirty-two thousand confirmed kills. And it was just there was the same type of droid as R two was, and I'm upset that I can't remember this list, so I'm gonna go find it real fast so I can be factually um, correct. Fun fact on the um, Return of the Jedi, the original screen name for that movie, and there's actually still a couple of the um, promotional posters floating around on the internet, was Revenge of the Jedi in like dark deep red. Was the original screen name Lucas had written up for that? And they changed it last minute because a lot of the promotions felt like Revenge of the Jedi wasn't quite the way they wanted to go. I do remember hearing something about that. 
Oh, did you find it? I I don't I didn't I just came across um some something interesting um so of course I have one Wikipedia article open to just fact check myself on certain things of course and Sorry. I I came across uh, box office performance Star Wars films are the second highest grossing film franchise in the world behind the cinematic universe and have grossed over ten billion at the box office. Um, so world, I have the numbers for worldwide, um, and the numbers you guys listed off the other series were the numbers for the United States and Canada. Oh. Um, so worldwide, at least to the best of my knowledge, this is what I'm understanding from this. Um, Star Wars, as it's called on here, but it's the new hope is 775 million. Empire Strikes Back is 500 million. Return of the Jedi, 400 million. Phantom Menace, 1 billion worldwide. Attack of the Clones, 649 million. Revenge of the Sith, 850 million. The Force Awakens, 2 billion. The Last Jedi, 1 billion. The Rise of Skywalker, 1 billion. And those are all the worldwide numbers. Um, gross box office worldwide. That's a lot of money. This is a legacy brand. Like this is like, and it, uh, that's not even including just... the um the three spinoffs that have come out. Which I don't know why it's list, listing the Clone Wars as a spinoff film. Probably because it looks like it didn't gross that much money, surprisingly. But uh, Rogue One was one billion, and Solo was. 300 and uh 300 million hmm. that's impressive but real quick to circle back everybody got to say their favorite character dylan who maybe i missed it but i don't think i heard you say who is your original trilogy og like who is the one that you resonated with the best um so as a character it was yoda especially when you first meet him because he's just a little just a little asshole the entire time and mm -hmm. i love it and just a <clears throat> love it so much that they made a whole song about yoda and seagulls and he just makes that noise the entire time it is amazing <laughs> but my favorite characters actually would have to be the mose eisley cantina band members because they watched a man get his hand chopped off. They watched another guy get shot. And they kept playing. They didn't pause. They didn't stop. They kept playing. That and the puppets in the original trilogy are one of the best things about those movies. And I will die on that hill. This is why you are an amazing co-host. Because the <laughs> next thing I was going to segue into is that cantina scene. That, that has lived in cultural phenomenon. Like it's been repurposed on shows like Family Guy. It's it has just become such its own thing that even people that aren't Star Wars fans are familiar with that scene and they understand. Like maybe they don't know who Greedo is, but they understand. They they understand Han shot first. Han shot first. They understand the references, and it's like that's a cultural phenomenon in and of itself. Despite the big brand of the movie. That whole uh, cinematography, whatever. Do you know that there is a pop-up? I, I don't think it's an actual, like, all-the-time bar, but there is somebody that does a pop-up bar of the cantina 
it might be permanent now because I think it took off. But like they try to emulate the cantina from Star Wars in a real establishment. It's crazy. It's like I, to to I can't go to work tomorrow, Steve. Why? <laughs> I'm gonna be looking for this bar. I'm gonna I'll be trying to find it, Gordon. I'll meet you there. I think that it would. I I want to say that it was a pop up thing, and I if somebody could fact check me, I think it's become an actual establishment now but I, I maybe i'm wrong maybe it is still a pop-up thing where they just like set it up and a business agrees and gets half of the profit or whatever because pop-up bars are fun they have those pittsburgh and whatever like i love that but i think that they actually have an establishment now that's like brick and mortar it's just it's amazing how much of culture this show this show movie has impacted like yeah and can we can, can we take a minute and talk about Carrie Fisher? I'm sorry. I have to. Princess Leia was like killing it throughout all of these movies. I don't know. I just think it was, there's so much to talk about that's relevant to like cinematic tropes moving forward. She's probably one of my fav- favorite female protagonists in a movie. Especially when she looks at Luke and goes, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. When she... Uh, and, and, like, they, they put her through so many... Uh, just so many messed up situations. And then she came out on top, basically on every to- every side of it. But it wasn't because somebody came and saved her. It was because she was like one step ahead of Darth Vader. She was one uh, chain throw ahead of uh, Jabba the Hutt. Like she was always underestimated, but always over delivered. And I see the link you made there. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I just there's just not a lot of good casting like that. And I'm going to tell the spoiler that not spoiler, but the, like the trivia fact that everybody knows. Mark Hamill, that played Luke Skywalker, went on to be like the main best known voice actor for the Joker. Like these people, these actors were just like they just went on to keep being cultural phenomenons even after Star Wars. Oh yeah, <sighs> pocket nauseum. Well, you want to know a fun fact? You know, remember in um. Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. where they have Carrie Fisher dressed up in like the space bikini and stuff like that. Yes. Supposedly, George Lucas convinced her to wear it by saying that's what they wore in space. Therefore, it was accurate for the movie. Was something <laughs> yeah. he said to her. She I remember that. Believed that. Well, no, she just she used it as inspiration or something like that. Yeah, she was really uncomfortable wanting to wear that on film. He just goes, well, it's what they would have worn in space. And she goes, oh, I can work with that. I can do that. He convinced her something like um, the, the version I'd heard of it was that he convinced her not to wear underwear under her costume because they wouldn't wear it in space. There was no bras in space. There was that, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, can we also talk about how almost everyone's favorite character anymore, Boba Fett, honestly didn't do jack all in any of the movies, except for get the back of his jetpack hit by accident by a blind Han Solo, 
and land mm-hmm. in a tentacle pit. And somehow yes. he crawled his way out of that pit and became just a star character for Star Wars. He's honestly one of my favorite characters. I really don't know why. I think it was because he was he was so abstract. How do I say that word correctly and that that grammatically? But he was so abstract from what like we were used to seeing with the entire costume design that it made him stand out in such a way that it was like you almost were left wanting more and they did it on purpose. And I think that's why he caught on. It's like, Oh, who are you? I get it. You're kind of a badass, and then you're gone. But like, I want to know more. And I think that leads into, you know, what happened in clone wars, which was that for, you know, not this episode. And then like leading into the Mandalorian success. It was like it was like a tease, if that makes if you follow what I'm saying. Like you want to know more about this character. Yeah, he just had, he had that that vibe. Mm-hmm. Delaney glares at me for using that word. Is she is she not a fan of the word vibe? The word vibe, just not when Dylan uses it. Uh, so she oh so Delaney's gatekeeping words now. Yeah. No, you're not. So I found um, I I found the name of the TV show Enjoyed that um got fifty thousand uh, confirmed kills in um, one of the Star Wars TV shows. Okay. Uh, the droid's name was Chopper. He Chopper! is a, a type of R two unit, and the show was Star Wars Rebels. It's an animated series, which is great, and I highly recommend it. Ten out of ten. Um, he he's. <laughs> thought to be the um second highest kill rates or confirmed kills in um uh, in the Star Wars universe only Luke Skywalker who's estimated kill counts around like 370,000 um has more okay death star both death stars <laughs> oh yeah i forgot he did do the second one too Two Death Stars, um, countless others, things that he indirectly caused to explode in some fashion. Hmm. And well, he, go ahead. I was going to say, then you're going to have to add all these new kills from what's going to be The Mandalorian Season 3, because he came back in that TV show. And I must I say, must I say they picked the perfect person to play him. Because I almost didn't know that that... I thought they'd use CGI and recreated Mark Hart Hamill as the actor when I first saw it, because it was just that good. Yeah, it was very good. I believe, if I am remembering correctly, I believe they touched up his face just a smidge with Mm -hmm. CGI, but like just enough to kind of fool your eye the rest of the way. But for the most part, they just did a... they just did a really good casting job. Oh, it it was perfect. It there I don't no one else. They, if they would have cast anyone else, they would have been wrong. Oh yeah. Well, Drew and I I remember when Drew and I got to that episode and we were not expecting it. Didn't know it was coming and as soon as that reveal reveal came through and like he was walking to save them, they hadn't showed his face yet. We're sitting there going, "There's no way." Like that <laughs> 
No. <laughs> That's no. exactly what no. I was thinking. No. As soon as I was mm-hmm. done watching, I looked it up. It couldn't be anyone else. But no, that was really good. Um real quick, I think this is a perfect time. We're going to take a quick break. Um when we come back, I want to dive into a little bit more of the crossover that we're seeing in modern media, thanks to the original trilogy. I want to get into you know how it impacted each of us differently and where we were at the first time we saw it. But before we do that, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. And we're back. So let's continue on about the Star Wars original trilogy. Steven, before you do that, I know you guys have a very serious and more in-depth conversation planned. I would like to derail us intentionally for a little bit. Um, I know I'm not usually the one who does this. But I'm, I'm here for it. The madness. I, I have been trying to get Delaney to break because I have been sending her gifts and memes in the chat, which I'm going to um, copy over to our meme drop. So any listeners who want to see what's been going on in our admin chat while we've been recording, I'm going to move it all over there when we're done recording today. Um, but Steven, I think you've been uh, ignoring admin. So if you want to drop into that chat real quick and see what we've been doing. <laughs> okay, I do. And so the people that are listening can join our Discord server and they can see it in meme drop yes. as they listen. Okay. Yes, I will move it all over to meme drop. So if you guys want to pause listening, so, hop into Discord, go under the meme drop tab. It will be in there for you. So, so we got Mr. Yoda up first. And what... Where did it come from? Do Got you... hit in the neck with a hacky sack. <laughs> Do you know where that's from? No. <gasps> Lizette, you have failed him. You have failed him. You definitely maybe I, maybe I do and I don't quite remember. Do you know about the bad lip reading songs? The bushes, I mean, the bushes of love and seagulls stop it now. Do you know about those two songs? No. I don't. I have failed you. Oh. I am sorry. What a surprise. So for those of you listening, you have to look up those before you understand the meme reference. Yes. Okay. So essentially, um, I, I believe Bad Lip Reading has done stuff for other movies as well, but I think these two Star Wars songs are their most popular, if I'm not mistaken. They're Bad hilarious. Movies. They are hilarious. So what they essentially what they did was they took scenes from the original Star Wars movies and they removed the sound. They did a bad lip reading of what the characters may have been saying, and then they created songs from them. When, When we're done recording tonight, I'm going to screen share them for all of us to listen to because they are a joy and i'll post the links on all of our social media plus in meme drop after lizette post our conversation so then now we'll get i'll get a reference okay i love it um they are absolutely nonsensical and just all over the place but if you enjoy star wars and you want to have a good laugh 
please listen to them. I remember Dylan Delaney. I remember um, you guys' mom will reference them frequently. When I showed them to my mom, she would reference them frequently. And these two ladies are not ones who do that that often. Would do that that often. Yeah, my mom still listens to these. She'll be like, "Can we can we listen to that one Star Wars song that's funny that I like?" And we're like, "Yes, ma, let's we'll bring it up." Okay, so it's like essentially it speaks to the brand of Star Wars because it's invaded meme culture, it's invaded song culture, and people can appreciate it from any age group or walk of life. If you like Star Wars, you're gonna like this stuff. If you just want to watch something that is funny it's also gonna just entertain you because it's just weird the <laughs> ideal road trip songs though like you want everybody in the car to get involved you play these and everybody in our family could like scream the lyrics i'm so excited i can't wait uh yeah because like i have to say I, I i don't quite understand it but i know that once i listen to them all i'm gonna get it and it's gonna be amazing So real quick to transition to another topic that I want to discuss because I do kind of want to spend time on each movie. But before we move on from New Hope, I mean, we all grew up with like, you know, there's a little bit of an age variance here. So everybody kind of entered the Star Wars world at a different point. And some of us went to theaters to see the new ones. Some of us, like I, the first one I saw in theaters was Phantom Menace because I, of my age, I didn't get to see the original trilogy. But my question is, where were you when you saw your first film from the original trilogy? Who introduced you? How did it, like, what did it, how did it go down? Delaney, do you remember? So me you, and Dylan were just talking about it, actually. And we've come up with, I was probably five or six, right? Yeah, that's what I would say. And so we, our family likes movies. We're really big movie, like, nerds, very loosely of the term. Um, So we would have movie nights. And my, our dad was like, I guess he decided that we were, you know, old enough and that we'd actually watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, Fun fact about me is when I was younger, I would watch a movie for two seconds and then I would be dead asleep. That's oh, not wow. when you were younger. You still do and that. You still do that. <laughs> I've looked over multiple times and just seen a pile of drool coming out of your mouth. Aww. Won't lie. <laughs> Don't love them, though. I get the best sleep through a movie. <laughs> Honestly, same. It's that um, ambient noise in the background that helps everybody. <laughs> yeah, so probably five or six. That's yeah. awesome. So, Dylan, would you say yours was about the same time frame, being that you guys are brother and sister? I Probably a year or two before her, I would say. Honestly, I kind of remember watching him. He had me watch at least the first one a little bit after Phantom Menace came out. Just because he was, you know, happy for more Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So I watched him a little bit before her. And just fell in love with them. Okay. Like, I have two lightsabers sitting in the corner of my room right now. That's how I learned how to sword Got it. No, not those. Those are the old broken ones that you busted across our hands and our heads. <laughs> you and Drew deserved it. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, my. So then, 
Lizette, because you're in the mix down there with these guys, where was your first Star Wars experience? Was it in theaters? Was it at home? How'd you get introduced? Um, it was at home, um, and I was actually a good bit older than most people realize. So my mom was definitely more of a Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so she raised me very heavily on Star Trek. She liked Star Wars, but it wasn't so much her thing, especially when they did the old trilogy and then the newer trilogy and the timeline, the release order was always a big matter of confusion for her. So every time a new movie came out, she would have to sit down with me and my sister and be like, when does this one happen? Mm. And we'd have to sit there and be like, all right, mom, this, this is how the timeline works. And I'm like, you and I watch time travel movies and you follow them. I don't understand why this is such a problem for you, but okay. (laughs) Um, But anyway, (laughs) my introduction to star Wars was actually when I was in middle school. Um, So I hadn't really had any interest in it. My sister hadn't really had too much interest in it. And a lot of kids had been, I don't want to say, they weren't making fun of me for not having seen it, but they were just like, oh my God, Liza, we can't believe you've never seen Star Wars. And like my best friend loved Star Wars and she was just like, you need to watch it. She's like, yeah. she's like, you just, you need to watch it. So I went home and I told my parents, I'm like, can we, can we watch Star Wars? Because I'm like, I'm tired of everybody making references and I have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think Gabrielle said, kind, she, she may have said the same thing. I don't know. She'll, she'll yell at me after she's done listening to this episode and tell me that I'm wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> um, she started fact checking me on my stories now, which is lovely. <laughs> but anyway. Until she uh, comes on an episode, she can't have an opinion. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Gabrielle. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so we told our parents, you know, we want to watch them. So we borrowed the DVDs from whoever in our family had them at the time. And we watched them in numerical order. So we watched the prequel trilogy first and then went into watching the original trilogy Now, something that might also get me in trouble is I have not watched the original version of the original trilogy. I have, yeah, I've only seen the remaster ones that they did where they updated the like added CGI and went through and tweaked stuff. That's really the only version that I've seen. Um, the DVDs that we eventually bought when my, my mom went out and bought, um, all of them after my sister and I took to them so well, had the original version on them. And I told her one day, I'm like, I want to watch the, the original cuts. And my mom, like we, we got maybe 15 minutes into, um, the Empire Strikes Back and she just went, the video quality is so i'm switching it back to the other one i can't i can't handle this and i was like (laughs) fine fine it's fine everything's fine yeah fine so yeah that was my introduction to star wars i appreciate it i have a similar story gordon what how about you go first though what was your intro to star wars original trilogy i genuinely do not remember because I'm pretty sure it wasn't until I moved first to 
the great state of PA. Um, I'm pretty sure um, it was living with my mom. We had the discs um, on our rack of movies. We had we have a bunch of movies and. I just picked them out one day and started watching them. I don't. I, I honestly don't think. Uh, I can't remember anything sooner than that because when I lived in Maine, um, the nearest movie theater was over three hours away. And it we we live where I lived and who I lived with. It was really a you're outside and you get one hour TV a day, so. I didn't really yeah. start watching movies and stuff until I moved, so I, I honestly have, don't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was just I found them in a pile of movies and started watching them. Nothing wrong with that. And then eventually um, we got the newer, because we had the old disc with the original uh, release on them, and then through completely um, normal means, magically got the other versions on a hard drive that we paid for um <laughs> yeah but that's about all i can remember about it fair i uh i have to do a call back to Lizette's story so like i was bl- blessed because my dad was a trekkie and a star wars guy so like he kind of got me into both of those worlds but i actually think that it was my pap who bought me this and i'm going to throw this picture in the admin chat and maybe delaney you can incorporate this because i feel like this box set is kind of iconic and i think maybe people that grew up that are currently my age maybe will resonate with this because this was the vhs box set and uh it was a christmas gift and i believe it was like like mid to late nineties and it was it's got it's got Darth Vader's face and the each VHS is a golden like insert into the box featuring his face. And we have so, those I, yeah. hang on for a second. I have to step away from my computer because I can literally see this sitting on Drew's desk. Holy it's iconic. Moment. Everyone has have those in the spare bedroom yeah, somewhere. What are those funny boxes? It's VHS, <laughs> baby. Live and direct. Go uh, away, you little egg. No, I, I, I've had plenty of VHSs. I just never had this. This set was overplayed to the point where uh, Empire Strikes Back. I had to like f- manually re- like work the tape because I watched it so much. Like the scene with him fighting like Emperor Palpatine, because like does that does everybody remember anybody? Am I just the oldest one here? Was VHSs sometimes they'd get overplayed and you'd have to like work. I had quite a few that were like that. All my Disney ones. I ran through two versions of The Lion King. Yes, and you had to like rework it, and then it would only last for a certain time doing that, and then like it was like you have to just get a new tape. I'm pretty sure this box set has no retail value for me because I'm pretty sure Empire Strikes Back, which was my favorite movie, um, I ran the tape like ragged. <laughs> but Liza, you you said you have this same box set. 
Yes, I have it sitting in front of me. I'm about to send you a picture of the one that I have in my hands right now. Elena, you have to put this on the Insta post. I wish we could get into ours and pull ours you know, out. It's literally in there. Because we have the same exact one. I think I know what shelf it's sitting on. It's just impossible uh, to get to right now. That's amazing. <sighs> Mine is literally in a box somewhere in the attic. It's never, you know, not seen the light of day. And, you know, since like the Bush administration. But it's been, it's a, it's classic. It's... Love it. It just goes to show how, like, I didn't even know you had that. And everybody connected on this brand and on this legacy. And this is why Star Wars is so important for the culture. Because it connects people. And that's exactly it. It had the, the movies written down the, the spine. Yes. Yeah, like, literally, <sighs> as soon as you sent that picture... I looked to my right, and it's on Drew's display shelf that he keeps above his computer. And they look in pristine condition, so good for him I mean, for that one. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the box. Yeah, yeah, there was damage. Yeah, Wait, what? There's damage, oh. on top of the, there's damage on top of the box, but like in, in general, it's in pretty good shape. I will be honest. I, I see it now. I overlooked it at first, but yes. Don't want to Still. talk about the scratches or the creases in it either. It looks better than mine, Dylan. <laughs> the frame, it's a, it looks like, to be honest. Is it bad? Probably. We can't get to it. It's buried under <laughs> a bunch of stuff. <laughs> so we all unanimously at one point had this box set in our childhood. Pretty, pretty cool. That's hilarious. <sighs> I love it. I love I love what Star Wars represents. I love the phenomenon. I love the fandom. I'm obsessed. I love that I was getting ready to go grab this box set before you even dropped that picture just to be like, <laughs> hey guys, look at this. And then you did that. And I was like, huh. Big vibes. <laughs> so let's take it to a broader spectrum. What is everyone's favorite original movie from the trilogy because i mean i have to say it is hard to beat um new hope because it's a legacy it's like it's what gets it going and for me i have to say it has to be empire strikes back i never so, I just, that movie to me, I don't know why. It was always on constant rewind. Probably why I ruined the whole damn tape. But, like, what would you guys say out of the three is your favorite? A New Hope for me, definitely. I've watched that movie more times than I can count. It's okay. really hard for me to pick one because the way that I watched them they kind of just all exist together like i i watch them back to back to back oh yeah i i don't watch them individually just because of how i was introduced to them and whatnot it's very rare for me to just watch a single one okay so i i honestly i don't think i can answer your question because they in in my mind they exist as a single entity uh, that, for, 
kind of sense. Oh, no, it does. I mean, like, for me, it's like Lando Calrissian. It's like there's so many factors in Empire Strikes Back that just hit so... It was like New Hope was amazing, but it was like... It was almost a little bit pigeonholed, and it's like... When I was watching it, I under I appreciated what New Hope was, but it, it was like Empire Strikes Back is where I got invested, if that makes sense. It's like there's so many characters, there's so many side plots, there's so many things that are going on that I'm now I'm in. And it's not to say that The Last Jedi wasn't great. Like I love the final fight scene. I, I was about to say spoilers, but literally the movie's older than I am. Um, like incredible. I love I love okay enough of you um but i love like the final fight scene with vader and then i love uh palpatine and luke and the like that's amazing in and of itself but i just think there's so many cultural references and so much cultural relevance when it comes to empire strikes back that's the cream of the crop for me that's what cemented star wars in the zeitgeist well something that empire what the Empire Strikes Back did, which I felt like was really unique for a lot of trilogy movies, was they didn't win. They actually lost in that mm-hmm. movie. Like the, the Empire struck back. The Empire won. It ended with Han Solo getting frozen, mm-hmm. just Luke losing his hand, and just everything he lost. It is one of my top ones from the trilogy, but Return of the Jedi will probably always be my favorite. Just because of just you could finally feel the maturity and Luke stepping up to the plate from how he was in the first movie mm-hmm. to an actual Jedi master. Like there was just that that realization just in the opening scenes of him being introduced, going through Jabba's palace and stuff like that. Yeah. You could feel the change. You could actually feel the time that went by in all of mm-hmm. that compared like- to other movies and things like that there was no um oh this character is just automatically good for everything i felt like everything luke skywalker was good at by the end of by return of the jedi by the end of the original trilogy everything he was good at every success that he finally got was earned hard earned i was invested i was there with him i it made me care more about it. And I think that, and I'm not going to, you know, go against you here, Dylan, but I don't think had Empire Strikes Back delivered the way that it did, as far as the fall of like the defeat and the where do we go from here type of feeling, I don't know if Return of Jedi would have been that good because it was they're all equal to their sum. Like they, that was truly a well-written trilogy that you felt like you were on the journey with them. And you lost you, ironically enough, you had new hope, you lost hope. And then your, your hope was redeemed in the end. And it's like, it's a journey. It's a whole journey. I totally agree. Like you said, it, it, it is written as a proper trilogy and not so much as one continuous movie. Even yeah. though Lizette sees it as that, she's looking at it like it's a book. But I I feel like I understand what she's saying because in her worldview, oh, it, yeah. 
it was presented to her in a way that it's all one continuous motion. And I think that that's a good, that can be a good way to look at it because it's, it shows that the show is timeless. Like somebody can pick it up later in life and they still love it and they see it all at once. Whereas like for me, it was like broken before I got the box set. It was broken down. It was like, okay, well, you're going to watch this one. And because like, you know, my, my dad was like into it. You're going to watch this one. You're going to absorb it. You're going to watch this one. You're going to absorb it. And you're going to watch this one. I can see how though the writing and the way that they produced it and edited it. I can get what, where lies that comes from because it's such a continuously, a continuous storyline that, it could almost feel like one gigantic book, one gigantic film, and it almost all blurs together because it's so it's transitioned so seamlessly. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I know where the breaks are. Like I know what happens in A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Like I, I do remember them as separate pieces, but it's kinda like I, I, I don't know. Like, they just, one of them doesn't exist without the others in my head. Yes. No, they're, they're a good continuation of each other mm-hmm. from start to end. They, they, plots are finished out. There's no really loose threads that are so major that you keep thinking about it. Everything is pretty much rectified by the end. So I'm going to pose another question in the group. And Delaney, I apologize. I did not forewarn you. Oh God. And this one, it, but in all honesty, this may be one that you opt out of because maybe you don't quite have the same experience. But looking at a, a trilogy, looking at like a franchise like this, does any can anybody recall any other three films in a series that have done it better to this date? Because I don't think I have. I can. I would like to say the matrix but quite honestly that's not true like they're good but they're not this level i think this is the trilogy that like really shows you how it should be done but i'm open to um other input is there any been anything else that has resonated like this in the same way we're describing lord of the rings yep lord of the rings or that was going to uh, be the my Hobbit. answer too Yes, that was going to be my answer as well. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Hobbit, I actually rank lower just because I'm a diehard fan of the original book. That's off track or something like that. Other than that... Okay, that is probably the... I put them pretty equally because they're... I, I own the extended edition of both sets of movies... And those are both 12 hours long, and I will binge them in an entire day. And I tell you something, and you can totally revolt against me. You've never seen them. No, 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 no. I've seen them. I've seen, I would say I've seen the Lord of the Rings. Ironically, I would say I've seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy the whole way through three times. Weird enough. (laughs) But The Hobbit was only two movies. No, it was actually three. three. It was three. I remember were, seeing the third one in theaters. I was they were, so happy. Okay. okay. They were originally going to make it two, and then they decided to break it into three, which you can actually tell with some of the pacing issues in it. 
well, okay, so maybe I'm going to be the bad guy here because I clearly fucked that up. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I really have a, a claim now because I on, honestly only remember scene two and watching them both twice. And I liked the Hobbit series more than I liked Lord of the Rings. Honestly, I do as well. Like, okay, I, so I I'm not like crazy with that. No, like, don't get me wrong. I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I will watch it over and over again. I really like the Hobbit trilogy, though, and it it may be partially because, um, I I like the actors in that series a lot. I'm I'm not sure, but I I don't know. I I did enjoy the Hobbit more. I agree with you. I just felt like I under it was a little bit of an easier experience as the viewer. And granted, I know for sure I've seen all three Lord of the Rings films three times because I could, I could break. I don't want to. I could tell you privately exactly like each time that it happened and who I was with. Um, mm-hmm. But like, the Hobbits, I actually sought them out and saw them both times. Like one and two of the Hobbit series, saw them both two times at Westwood's uh, Plaza Theater. I guess I should have said that because that like doxes us. I saw Westwood. <laughs> I saw The Hobbit twice in the same theater when both of them were released. That's like one of the few movies I remember. Because, you know, how often do you see a movie twice? I know I saw both of the, the first two Hobbits twice in theaters. I love that. I loved it. Did not connect with Lord of the Rings just wasn't there for me i mean to be honest my my mom was very like she wanted nothing to do with the lord of the rings movies she was just like blah, blah, blah. like you know i we're not watching them whatever the first the trailer for the first hobbit movie came out and she didn't realize they were connected and i remember her coming to me and be like do you know anything about this one because it looks pretty good um, and me just staring at her and being like ma how ma <laughs> what are you what are you doing it's like but if you'll pay for my movie ticket, we can go. Prequel gang. Prequel gang. <laughs> well, we probably should like save Lord of the Rings discussion for maybe uh or and Hobbit discussions for maybe season another two. episode, season two. Yeah, season two. Um, so we'll leave that lay where it is. Um, but as far as my group questions, that's pretty much it. So general chat. Um any other iconic scenes that we want to point out besides, you know, Greedo and Han shot first, uh, Leia giving the message to R2 will forever be iconic. It's that's an, when Peter Griffin was on the Family Guy special dressed up like Leia doing that. That like that was such like a a cultural thing for me because I'm like that show was so popular at the time and star wars even after all these years is still getting replicated and parodied that's how you know you made it and sorry i just i it's a brand that will forever be like near to my heart so anyway anything that anybody wants to say for the general discourse that we need to discuss about the series series um i um I know where Nothing you that I go. think we can cover right now as we're running short on time for this episode. 
but I do want to hint at it so uh, our listener that gave us the idea for it doesn't think we just messaged him and uh, ignored his idea. Um, in part three of this Star Wars uh, series, just like the movies in three different parts, um, we're going to talk about the solo movies like Rogue One and Solo in a future episode that in the commotion slash discord they brought to the star wars community um which we got this idea from uh on our I, one of our youtube series al the, uh, and al carbo I, I want to give him a shout out and he is seen he is heard i we appreciate any comments that we get so that yes I, we want to cover this and we will. And it's going yeah. to be probably a long episode because I have a feeling that is going to spark a great deal of discussion. And hopefully we'll be able to pull in the other uh, parts of the crew to put their own thoughts on it. So that way we have a nice roundtable discussion on it. Because I think everyone will have their own opinion on if they were good or not, which they were great. And I'll die on that hill. Um the only thing Disney did right with the Star Wars series. <laughs> and on the off chance, Al Cabo, if you are listening, um, we don't want you to feel like we forgot about you. It's a scheduling thing, and we are running over on time. So here's what I would like you to do. If you are, by chance, listening to this episode, click the link in the description, join the Discord server, and... I would love to have you on in season two when we discuss that because I think you have a lot to say and we're always welcome of new opinions and people that can nerd out with us. So if you can connect with us and somehow through Discord, through email, get in touch with us, I would love to have you on for that episode. But I think other than that, Steve, that's all I wanted to touch on before we ended this episode off. Lizette, Dylan, Delaney, my my people, do we have anything else? Or are we good to wrap up Star Wars The Original Trilogy? I have things for the next episode, which but, uh, for today, I'm, I'm good with wrapping up here. Does anybody else have that sinking feeling that people in the comments might roast us and be like, there was so much more you could hit on? Mm -hmm, but it's probably. okay. Definitely, but they're not the ones with the time constraints. So. Listen, give, give us those comments. Leave it on Instagram. You guys aren't going to get roasted for having no clue about any of this. That'll oh, be me. You at least knew what an Ewok was. That is true, because I love them. They look they just are. like you. Yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> they don't look just like her. They You're just right, look they're cuter than her. They look like here. Steven looks like Chewbacca. So... <laughs> Your hair is longer than mine, and you have a beard. Yeah, but you're Who like, looks oh, more like Chewbacca than me? You're, I look you're, like you have the height, Steve. I can't make oh. the Chewbacca sound. I, do I cannot make the Chewbacca sound. I've tried. And I do have the height, but let's not... Listen. I didn't bring Jar Jar Binks into this, so let's carry on. Ne no, oh, we can't. We don't next, speak of that. Next time Jar Jar Binks is the best character in Star Wars, I'll fight you at work tomorrow, Steve. But we don't have time to get into that conversation tonight. What I was going to say, Gordon, before you were madly rude, is we need to shelf Jar Jar Binks for this episode. It needs to be revisited 
And I have a feeling that as we revisit Star Wars, he's going to be a recurring theme because we're going to get into the standalone Disney movies and then we're going to get into the newer ones. And then I want to potentially in season two do a Star Wars, let's say, conspiracy theory episode. So I think our boy Jar Jar is going to get talked about enough in the future that we can probably not dive into that this today if you follow what i'm saying dark star jar yes i do that's hard anyway i want to thank you for listening um i know it's been an interesting journey uh this is episode 31 it's crazy to think that we're here but we genuinely could not be here without your support as listeners we really want to encourage you we have a lot of platforms uh we're on so many different podcast outlets if you're on Spotify, we have uh, ways that you can interact with us through our Q&A section. Please consider doing that. Uh, if you're, whatever platform you're on, consider leaving us a five-star review. We'd appreciate it. But leave us a one-star review if you think we're doing something wrong. Tell us. It'll catch our attention, and we'll fix it. We just want to build this community up. That's why we have the Discord server. That's why we have the Reddit. Those are all linked down below. We have a new Instagram social media manager in Delaney. We have a Facebook page now. There are so many ways that we can communicate with you that we're just not utilizing. And we want you to know that we're here and we're available. And this whole project is about building connection and just nerding out and just accepting that sometimes you're passionate about stuff that people in your everyday life really don't care about. Well, guess what? Between the five of us, there's probably something that we have in common with you that we're passionate about that you can agree on. So please consider joining one of our many social media outlets. We love to hear from you, and we cannot thank you enough for listening and supporting us because without you, this would not be possible. It would also not be possible without our wonderful sponsor, Anchor. They have truly given us creative freedom and if you are at any point considering joy like making a podcast and doing something similar go through them they are the best in the business it's phenomenal we also want to take note that right now it's a very hectic time because there's the holidays approaching and whether you celebrate or whether you don't it's still chaotic make time for yourself stay in touch with your podcast stay in touch with the things that make you happy, even if it's an audiobook, whatever the case may be, we are partnered with Audible and you can listen to our show there. There will be a, a description in the description box below, there will be a link where you can get a 30 day trial. When I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling hectic, I baseline, I need like a podcast that's of interest to me to just chill out and disassociate and do simple tasks, wraps of presents do some work on the show, write a script, edit a script. I need some background noise. Audible is the perfect platform to do that on. Use our code, get 30 days. If you don't like it, that's fine. But I'm telling you, you're going to love it because I love it. So click the link in our bio in the description box. If you're on our Instagram, it is in our beacon link in bio. Sign up. It only requires your email. It's a really good system. I love Audible, and I'm so thankful for them for 
recognize that recognizing that our people are podcast listeners, they're audiobook listeners, they're educated, they want to experience the most out of this world. But sometimes life gets a little too hectic to pick up a, an actual book and make that time for yourself. Self-care can take many forms. Take some time, download Audible, use our free trial, and start investing into things that you're passionate about and reading and learning because that's the whole mission here. Build a community, grow, learn, and share. Um, you're going to hear in a few minutes about our New Year's Eve special. We hope to see everybody there. If you're enjoying the show in any capacity, please come to our New Year's Eve show. It's going to be live. We're going to get to talk to you, not just in text chat, but we're going to actually get to talk to you in real time. All you have to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app, make an account. If you're already a Spotify user, it'll be super easy. It'll link your account from Spotify directly over to Greenroom. We're going to post on our Instagram a link where you can join us, and we're going to be doing our season one finale live. So all you have to do, download, follow the link, join us, and you can tell us what you don't like about the show, what you love about the show. Tell us what you're nerdy about and help us ring in the new year safe and socially distanced and together. It's going to be a beautiful thing, and I really hope to see you there. And with that being said, We'll see you in the next episode as we ring in the new year in the final episodes of season one of Let's Be Nerds. Gordon, Lizette, are you guys as excited about the New Year's Eve special as I am? You know it, Steve. I mean, I know me and Drew are excited. We're both going to be there. And I think, Dylan, you're going to be there too, aren't you? You bet your shiny gold buttons I'll be there. <laughs> Guys, do you know who else? Carmen, you're, you are coming. I don't, I'm so excited. Yeah, me and Bobby wouldn't miss it for the world. So this is going to be our first time doing a live event. And people that are listening can actually come in, join the chat. They can join in on a microphone or through text chat. And they can actually be a part of it. This is like the best way to end season one. I lost my left yeah. shoe no, thinking about it. <laughs> Knock your socks off. And Not even have those shoe. on in the first place. So just a shoe. <laughs> just a shoe. <laughs> what time is this going to start at? So we're looking at because obviously we have to celebrate midnight. So we're thinking around ten or ten thirty. We're going to have more details to follow. So this is really important. If you want to be a part of our New Year's Eve special, you have to get on Discord or Reddit. You have to be a part of the community to be on. I, I can't explain how excited I am for us to be live. We're going to take your chats. You can join in on the call. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like. This is going to be the most interactive we've ever been with anybody. It's so exciting. But Gordon, do you know what the real thing is? Is they have to have green room. Can you tell they them about green room? have to have green room. Green Room is a lovely addition to Spotify where we are able to go live and just be able to record with all of you guys listening in. You guys can ask to speak with us. You can join us. You can join in the live chat throughout the whole thing. We can bring you on so you can share your opinion on our podcast or just your opinion on some random BS like we love to do on our podcast and just chill with us all night. And Liza, do you know what the best part is? What's if that? you li- are you a listener to Spotify? Yes. 
if you have a Spotify account, you can just ho- download the Green Room app and immediately create an account. How easy is that? Oh, okay. So it just ties into the account that you already have for Spotify. Exactly. It's perfect. It's going to be like a two-second download process and then a two-second sign-in process. Okay. Carmen, I don't know about you, but I would really think that it'd be cool if some of our listeners would like either join in on the voice chat or through text and tell us New Year's resolutions. Are you big on New Year's resolutions? Not so much on uh, resolutions, um, but I just love being with friends and family, and I think it would be a great time to have uh, more of our friends and family who are listening be a part of this so that uh, we get to hear from everybody. And what's a better way than celebrating the new year than to start off with a group of friends that are all on the same page? Exactly. Dylan, I I can't wait. Are you excited? I am. Like I said, I lost my I lost my left shoe, and I think the cat took the right. Oh my gosh! I should hopefully fi- find it in time. If not, like you said, I can join through Reddit or I can join through the Discord. I can't wait. Well, I will see you guys all there, and everybody listening. We hope to have you be a part of our special night. It's the season one finale. If you're enjoying the Let's Be Nerds podcast, please come join us. And let's kick off the new year together and safely and social distance and just kind of be a part of a group where everybody's welcome and everybody's accepted. Hope to see you there. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasy Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds.